This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 167, sponsored by <clears throat> Afro Samurai from Funimation, In Stock Trades, and the Netflix. See, I have a cold, but I don't want to shortchange the sponsors. Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 167. That is a big old number. I am Josh. I'm here with Ron. Hey. And Connor, iFanboy.com. Hey. Wow. Just let Connor say hi, please. Hello. Who does it wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I said, I got that cold. I, don't, I was just like, just get through it without coughing. 
Anyway, ifanboy.com is a website about comic books. We read them. We read a bunch of them. And every week, one of us has to pick the best of the week. We call that the pick of the week. And then we write about it on the website. And we come here and talk about it on the podcast along with all the other books from the week and questions and, and funny things and, and stuff like that. Stick around. At the end, we're going to tell you about some contests that have to do with the, the Coraline film, which is coming up based on the Neil Gaiman book. And, and you'll want to know about that. So stick around for that. Before we get going, we're going to talk about the books from this past week. So if you haven't read them, there could be some spoilers. We might ruin them for you. We don't want to do that. So maybe read your books, come back, do that later. Good enough. Ron? Yes. Um, All day Wednesday, I kept checking if it was there, and then I kept thinking that I, it was my turn and I'd forgotten to do it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what's even funnier is that is that on I think it was on Tuesday, uh, I got an email from somebody, and they're like, oh, so what do you think you're going to pick this week? And I was like, it's not my week. And I looked, I'm like, oh, shit, it is. Oh, crap, crap, crap. <laughs> I'm just waiting one time one of us is going to forget. I'm still waiting for it to happen. It hasn't happened for eight years. <laughs> So it was my pick, and it was it was an interesting week for me in, in terms of the world of comic books. I think I only bought like ten or eleven uh, books, which is a, a light week for me these these days. We're, we're, we're screwed next week, and if not next week, the one after. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it means one's coming. Yeah, because the past two uh, weeks have been somewhat light. You know, and and there was the you know the big you know Final Crisis number six came out, but uh, but you know didn't really grab me because I'm not the huge DC guy, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But when I got through my stack, you know, I finished I Kill Giants number seven, which was the last issue of the miniseries by Joe Kelly and J.M. Ken Nomura. And after I read that and then I read through the rest of my books, I'm like, yeah, I've, I've got to go with I Kill Giants number seven because th- this book was as close to awesome as it gets. Um, I have heard no complaints. Yeah. Folks who read this book, I mean, the, the, it, it's a wave of excitement. Yeah. It, so, so basically, Joe Kelly, um, you, you've probably heard of him. He's been you know, kicking around the comic industry for the past like ten years or so. He's worked on he's worked on some pretty big superhero stuff. I mean, he was on Superman for a while. He's done a lot. He's do, doing Spider Man now. Pretty much, he's done you know substantial tours at both Marvel and DC. But he's also you know the past couple of years he, he's been doing you know stuff at Image and things like that. And this is this miniseries started uh, this past summer. It was like right around San Diego. And I remember when the first issue came out, we talked about it on the podcast, and the story re- revolves around this girl, Barbara Thorson. She's kind of a, you know, she's, uh, she's probably, I put her like around 12, 13 years old. And you could tell that she's kind of a outsider, doesn't have a lot of friends, is a little, little maybe a little weird. She insists on the fact that she kills giants and that she has the, she has a hammer and, and that when giants come, she's prepared to fight them. And... When the book started, my first thought was, oh, this is going to be a cute, you know, kind of book for kids or that sort of thing. And then the second thought was, you know, this is going to be very kind of, you know, fantasy, her imagination, this whole world type thing. But as the series progressed, that didn't come to fruition. It became, it became very clear that, you know, while I would recommend this book for, uh, you know, kids maybe in their, in their teens or whatever, it definitely isn't a quote-unquote kids book. If you know what I mean, like the connotation of, you know, kind of like, you know, whimsical and, and harmless and that sort of thing. It's, there's some pretty deep kind of psychological stuff going on in this miniseries. It's funny is that when you first talked about it like a while ago, I guess, yeah. I thought, well, that sounds nice, but I wasn't terribly interested. And then I kept reading about like it kept coming back and with every subsequent issue people were more and more excited about it and then by the end I was like this isn't this isn't what they thought it was in the oh, beginning yeah. I can tell totally. and so I feel kind of bad that I missed it or- I thought you were reading it yeah so did I no yeah. No. Okay. I read it. Yeah, because because what happened was is that you know like as the book goes on, you know we we get introduced to Barbara's world and this whole idea of giants and how she kills them and just when you think that okay this is all in her head and she's nuts, something happens to be like well wait a minute maybe she's not nuts you know maybe maybe people just don't believe her and maybe this really does exist and Joe Kelly does a really good job throughout the entire series to kind of skirt the edge of believability and skirt the edge of non-believing in Barbara. And to really um, leave the re- you as the reader wondering, like not really sure which wh- which way it's going to go. It, the last issue, issue six, was the kind of big climax where you know big storm hits her town and a giant comes in from the water and and she dives in to go fight him. The, issue seven picks up after that and kind of is, is somewhat of the epilogue and it gets revealed to us that and I'm going to spoil it like I, like I, like we mentioned. Oh. Earlier. sorry. It gets revealed to us that the giant. We we were led to believe that she was protecting everyone around her, and actually for her personally, she was protecting her mother from this giant who wanted to, to hurt them. But it gets revealed that the giant wasn't look, looking for her mother, wasn't looking for anything else, was actually looking for her, and wanted to help her to instill the confidence that Barbara is stronger than she thinks. That's kind of the moral of the story. 
And so after the storm settles and after the giant goes away, you know, Barbara kind of returns to her house and you see her face her demon or face her, you know, her fear. And she climbs this long flight of stairs and there is her mother lying in bed with an IV attached to her arm and all this medical stuff. And it just, it's just a punch in the gut, just a punch in the gut because this poor little girl with her, with a dying mother and to see this whole seven issues to see how in her head she's dealt with that issue. And then finally to accept the idea of life and death and to embrace the time that we have. And when she crawls into bed and, and just kind of curls up next to her mother, it, it, it got me. I got a little teary. Sounds uh, like another book that I read this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does actually. Yeah. Now that I think about it. No, but I'm looking. This, this is one book that I'm really looking forward to with the trade yeah. release. This is one. Yeah. The, I read the first issue, but you yeah, know, I knew I'd want to read it in trade, so I waited for it. But yeah. it sounds really good. The art's beautiful. The art, the art is beautiful, and J. M. Ken Nomura, who I've never heard of, just killed it in terms of he's got a very you know reminiscent at times of Alex Robinson kind of cartoony style. Interesting, you should mention him. Yeah, <laughs> but it's very simple in the way that in the way that he does it. But it's also he gets across the emotion and he gets across the subtle nuances and scenes and you know kind of some of the talking scenes and some of the body language scenes and stuff like that. And all in all, you know, and it ends with you know the girl's mother passing away and her dealing with it. And then you know one night she goes to bed and the giant is standing outside in the water and she just kind of says, "Hey, I'm okay. I'm gonna be all right. Thank you." And the giant just go, go, goes back into the water and she goes to bed. And it, it just it was just a beautiful, beautiful series. And this is like for me, it was an example of like this is the kind of storytelling that comics is perfect for, you know, because it's somewhat fantastic, but also you know, and the idea of fantasy and kind of old stuff like that, but also realistic. And when this is collected in a trade, this is definitely going to be one I know that we're going to be pushing on people because this is not your typical kind of comic book. Straight down to the cover, you know, the cover layout is you know it kind of jumps off off, off of the stand. All in all, it was a great product. It's becoming more and more clear to me that. Comics are like, if if you know, like probably one of the best mediums media to do like personal stories because you can sort of do melodrama yep. without the cheesiness factor that comes along from people trying to act it or say it out loud. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can have those scenes that where you've seen in movies and TV shows so long that it sort of comes off kind of cheesy. In comic books, it. I don't know, it works a little better. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. For some reason, it's it, you know some something like if you took the if if you took this and they optioned it and made it into a movie, which maybe they will, and maybe they you know you never know in these days. You know, like I don't know if the idea of this twelve-year-old girl fighting a giant in the water could actually visually work in film. Mm-hmm. You know, but in comics, it makes it, the scenes the scenes of the of her diving in the water and talking to the giant stuff like that. It, it's perfect. And Namora's art really specifically gives the look and feel to your own imagination of it happening. It's like this weird connection between what. How you imagine filling in the space between the panels and and it and how he draws it, it just it just all works. And I get so lost in it. It was just like you know, it was it was really engrossing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I Kill Giants number seven from Image, Image Comics, Joe Kelly, J.M. Ken Nomura. This is the the last issue of the series, and uh, I, I imagine it's probably gonna be collected in a trade very quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they you know. It's not already solicited. You could probably find the back issues if you want to go find it, if you have a store that, that's got a good back issue thing, because it, it only started coming out six months ago, so seven months ago. It seemed to happen pretty quickly. I was oh, it surprised was, it, was, it was over already. It was totally unscheduled, I, I, I'm, because I'm pretty sure it came out like right before San Diego, and that's July, and here we yeah. are in January. There's seven issues. It was totally right on schedule. This is how, what, was this, it, what was the other book, the other book he has? Four Eyes, which four was eyes beautiful. Was, I haven't yeah. seen any more of it. Yeah, exactly. That's been yeah. a couple months. Yeah, but um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but I Kill Giants was a total success, and they should be really, really proud. This is a really good, a really, really good work, and I'm really looking forward to being able to recommend it to people in the, down the road in the future. For some reason, and I don't know if this is patronizing, but I, for some reason, I feel proud of Joe Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like he, you know. I mean, to be completely fair, he was sort of at the top of the the game. You know, he did X Men, he did JLA, he did all those books, and then whenever the new crop came in, he sort of faded back a little bit. And so it's I mean, it's not probably I don't think it's like he hasn't been working. You know, and he did like I think it was Deadpool that he did for a long yeah, time. Like Deadpool people loved it. Yeah. You know, but this is like a whole other thing, and he and he's coming back in, and from everything that I hear, he's killing it. You know, just. Yeah. It, that's that's good. I like to see that. I like to see that reinvention. That well, if, if you know this, this I'm gonna not gonna be accepted here. Then I'm gonna go do this thing. Yeah, you know. Check out I Kill Giants from Image Comics, and now we will transition into the event of the week, Final Crisis number six, where I need Connor to explain it all to me. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward. Well, my my problem with Final Crisis number six was that I feel like you know the book starts off with Superman and Brainiac talking, and I don't understand where I feel as if stuff that happened in other books 
tied back into the series. And I was confused. Like, I was confused as to, you know, how Superman got to the point where he was in the book. I was confused as to how Batman broke free from that thing he was strapped into at the end. If you ask me, I'm pretty much, unless Final Crisis number seven blows me out of the water, the whole Barry Allen returning and the Flash thing is just a waste. Because we've barely seen him. Well, the very first panel says how Superman got to where he is. Oh, he was dragged to the hyper world where parallel realities bleeding together. You don't really need to know beyond that. That's how it happened. He says in the dialogue. Batman escapes from the machine. We know he's going to escape from the machine. We don't need to know how. He just he just does. It's not important to know how he does it. He just he uh, does it. That's, I disagree with that. I don't think you need to know how he breaks out of the shackles. You just know he does. Yeah, the last we saw, they were trying to break him, and he was stuck in the thing, and, and it wasn't working. I, I feel like I think one of the things that Ron's sort of getting is a lot of things happened off camera in this. Yes. Yeah. It was like. Like, here's this scene for a couple of seconds, and then, like, everything kept progressing, even though we weren't keeping the camera on it, which is certainly a valid way of telling a story, and it certainly made it feel energetic and fast-paced, but I felt like there was a lot of things that were missed. I mean, like, you want to see the fight between Darkseid and Batman, and you didn't. You want to see Batman get out, you know, even if you don't necessarily need to. I get that he did, but it just, it felt very quick. Yeah. It was like a recap. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll there, was, there was no fight between Dark Side Batman that we missed. We saw the entire scene between them. No, yeah, no. But what I wanted, to, what I wanted to know was, that I thought I, I felt as if I should have read something that showed how Batman got into the room with Dark Side. Well, I disagree. I don't think you need to. Yeah. Okay. I think he just appears. He appears, and that's a, it's a storytelling choice. Whether or not you like that or not, it's up to you. But I don't yeah. think you need to. I don't know. I feel as if the, the, the gap between the last time we saw him, like I, I had to go back and dig out the last issue to see if I missed it. Or I forgot mm-hmm. about it, you know? And the thing is that, like, I want to like it. Like, I want to be into what's going on. It's just I feel like – I personally, I felt as if there was a lot of stuff – like I said, I feel like I, I'm missing I'm missing inf- pieces of information. Like, I understood what happened in the book somewhat up until the end when Batman died, I guess. I don't know. That's why, that's why Connor, I'm looking for you to, to give me the, the expert analysis of it. First of all, Batman's not dead. He got shot with the Omega Sanction, which is not the Omega Effect. The Omega Effect kills you. The Omega Sanction is the death that is life. It sends you into an alternate realm where you relive horrible lives over and over and over again, which is what happened to Shiloh Norman, and he's back now. So Batman will eventually find a way back. He's not really dead. It's kind of like being that's- sent to the fa- Phantom Zone. That's some inside baseball shit. That, oh, you just blew my mind. I mean, so. you, can't, you, can't, you can't expect you know, the people who are reading this to know that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean obviously, in, in, the book, in, in the book, all Darkseid says is, can you outrace the Omega Sanction, the death that is life? Right, and the then, death that is life. And then the next thing we see is Superman holding Batman's charred dead body. So, that's Husk. That's Husk? His Husk of a oh. body. <laughs> I thought Husk was a character. <laughs> like, hush. <laughs> okay, so he's not dead. Right, he's in the realm, the Omega Sanction realm. Which will lead us to another miniseries. No, he'll come back eventually. I mean, the end of Dio and Morrison have both said since R.I.P. that he's not dying at the end of this story. No, I know. Right. So yeah. it's not surprised to anybody. He's not dead. He'll be back when they're done telling the stories that they're doing in the Batman books. Whenever it is they decide to bring him yeah. back, it'll be probably not, I wouldn't say longer than a year, probably be the end of the year. Yeah. So did you like this issue, Connor? Yeah, it was my pick of the week. Yeah. It's exciting. It's fun. It's fast-paced. It's big. It's got scope. It's epic. I love the talkie-tawny scene. Which that, was good. That, that scene was Calibac, good. Yeah. Um, and, and eviscerates him. I mean, it's not perfect. There's certainly it was, it was sort of like a pick-a-week by default. By the time I finished my books, there wasn't really a super standout book. It was, it was the one I had the most fun reading. But uh, there are certainly problems with the overall series, which I don't want to really get into until we've read the last issue, just in case they're resolved. But it was really fun. That was the most... I mean, for me, that was the biggest... Well, what, I don't understand. What's, what is Superman doing at the end? He's just trying to find Batman? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, okay. I like that sort of napalm Superman scene where just he's flying yeah. fast and shooting hard with his beams. and It was good. I mean, it, was, it, it feels like an exciting end to the DCU. I don't know how it fits in or if it does or if it needs to, but it's fun in and of itself. I find myself really hard trying to reconcile this with everything, and I know that that's the end of me, and I know that I, I shouldn't be doing that, and I don't want to do it. But I am thinking, I was like, well, is this before New Krypton? <laughs> I, you know, despite myself, I know not to do that. But I am thinking, well, well, there's Supergirl, so. <laughs> what about, and I see the Green Lanterns. And, and, yeah. yeah, yeah. How, does, how does the Sinestro thing fit that? And, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. The whole, you really, you really can. you got to take it on its own. Right. Yeah, yeah no, I know. I know. I know. It's the, the, but the impulse the is instinct. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God bless the people who really can't help it and, like, get angry about it. It's funny that one character holding the other character's dead body is the Electra stab of the DC universe. Yes, yeah. It's the, it's, oh, they're holding the corpse again. There yeah. you go. 
Yeah. Connor, do you um, disagree, or what, are your, what is your opinion of my comment about the flashes? Well, that's the thing I don't want to talk about until the seventh issue, until maybe that's resolved. But if, okay. if it does, if, if, if nothing happens with Barry Allen, then that would be a waste. Okay. But again, we don't know. The story's not over yet. Right, it's yeah, hard to yeah. But right, right now, that's what it's looking like. Well, no, yes and no. They're, they're gearing up to do something in this issue. If yeah. they do it in the next issue, and it's important, and they win because of Barry Allen, which is probably what happens, then yeah. it'll be fine. Again, it's not over yet, so it's hard to say. You know what the other thing I kept finding myself doing was trying to decode the artists? Yeah, yeah, that was a problem. That's yeah. the biggest problem. Really, the issue. really trying to find. Who, I was like, who? well, is, is this a JG Jones page? Yeah. You know, and you know, what's this? And they should it, have been transparent to say who did what page. I almost feel like, and I, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a bad idea, but I almost feel like they should have chose different styles or something because the whole time I'm trying to figure it out, which I know is is almost sort of goofy, but I do find myself wondering, man, this would have been really, really awesome if it was all JG Jones. But yeah. instead, there's this sort of J.G. Jones light going on on most of the pages. I think different styles would have been a mistake. People would have complained that it was too different. People want yeah. similarity in their, in their storytelling, and I think that's fine. I think it's fine that Pacheco's style is somewhat similar. My problem is you can see the J.G. Jones pages are really, really, really rushed. Yeah. More, so yeah. than the, more so than the Lanil U end of Secret Invasion pages. Like, yeah. huh. look back in issue one and look at this issue, and it's not even in the same realm. And that's probably... It's- well, they should have just gone with Pacheco on his own. I just said. There's six artists oh. credited. And then, and then Doug Monkey does the last bit. So it's yeah. like there's not even just two of them. J.G. Jones, Carlos Pacheco, Doug Monkey, Marco Rudy, Christian Alami, Jesus Marino. Yeah. Jesus. So, you know, and that's not even bad. The art's not bad, but Some it's Some of those not guys really are inkers. Oh, are they? Yeah. Oh, they're not differentiating between the inkers? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's annoying. And, and it started, uh, say, tell that to an inker. Right. Well, they, they'd agree with me, right? No, no. <laughs> they would absolutely not agree with you. Why not? I don't know who's the artist. They're as responsible for the art as their artist is. No, I You're know, but at- let me know who is inking, you know, whose work. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, sorry, that's a different conversation. Mm. The pencils were Jones, Pacheco, and Monkey. Okay. Those are the but things. Monkey doesn't get credit on the cover. <laughs> no. Nice. Hmm. Really only did the end. So. Yeah. Maybe he came in at the last minute and the cover was already done or something. Yeah. Anyway, all right, we've talked too long. So, so it made me think too much about it. That's stay all. tuned. Uh, so seven is shipping in like two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah it's coming so out on the twenty eighth. They, they claim on the 20th, yeah. yeah, they claim on the twenty eighth. So there'll be, be forty two artists on that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the same problem they have with all these events is they run out of time. And yeah. Then it gets all muddled at the end with the artists and things. Yeah. It's funny because they didn't learn the lesson from Civil War. It's like you can put the greatest artist in the world on it, but if you're going to try to put it out on time, you know, like Stephen McNiven, God bless him, he can't work that fast. Yeah. You know, and, and neither could J.G. Jones. So you either do it ahead of time and hold on to it for longer. Yeah. That was the claim with, with this. They said, yeah. remember when it first came out, that J.G. Jones was way ahead of schedule and it yeah. would be fine? Yeah. They yeah. said he was like into issue three before one even came out and then it just fell apart. See, that's the thing is that oh. I, feel ba- I feel bad because it's almost like with these artists, like I totally know the feeling. It's like, it's like as the artist, you'll be like, yeah, you know, I can get that done. Yeah, I can, I can do it monthly and all that kind of stuff. Like you, you get confident and then, you know, and then it's, 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 it's got to be difficult in those meetings and those conversations to be like, listen, you can't, you know, and like you know, nobody wants to hear that they can't do something, you know, so I kind of feel bad for them. Eh, what can you do? I, I don't know. I wanted to bring up uh, Invincible number 58. I'm going to just ruin this for Ron just because he did it. For, no, I'm not. Um, the reason I'm, that I'm I wanted to bring it up. I'm reading in issues. Okay, well, in The Walking Dead, it's all because of Soda ah! Green. <laughs> the reason that I wanted to bring this up is because he did the whole issue in a 16-panel grid yep. for the most part. Some of the, pa- some of the grids were combined, yep. but it was just like this huge amount of work to go into this one issue. By the way, still on time. They're, they're still going. I'm cl- so glad that you noticed that because I wasn't Oh my sure. god. I, yeah, like, I noticed uh, it right it, away. It was I was awesome. like, oh, did you not that. notice 16 panel grids? Yeah, no. Just Through the whole thing. It's ton there and then like, you know, of course, like the last page is a big reveal yeah. about somebody who's not dead who was who thought was dead and some other really horrible shit that's going on and of course that's like a big full page so all of a sudden like it has this giant impact you know, that, that it wouldn't have otherwise just, just visually. One of the things that was really great about this issue is that you realize how many things that he set up over the previous 57 issues, and he touched on a lot of them in this. Like, he showed, like, that guy, the, the fish guy under the sea. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. And he showed, like, the alien, the Martian guy, the astronaut who came back well, and, and, and had been infected. And, and it was funny because, like, literally, like, a week or two ago, I was just randomly thinking about Invincible. I'm like, I'm like, whatever happened to the costume guy? I'm like, I liked him. Yeah. And, then, and then I turned the page. I'm like, oh, he's back. Awesome. Art, Art Rosenbaum. It was just like I'm gonna I'm gonna clean I'm gonna I'm gonna cram as many panels as I can in this one issue and just try to clean up house. It was like it was like dusting the house a little bit, you know, and and like you can you can you can rest easy because everything's a little clean tonight. That that was sort of what this felt like. It was really good. It was, yeah. it was I really enjoyed it. 
continues to be awesome, and I, I love the the second to last page of somewhere else. All yes, the, in, yeah, the, you know what I'm talking about the the 16 panels of various. You, you people out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, looks like did you see the big ad for issue 60? No, that's in the back of the book. The two page ad, the biggest crossover oh, right. event of the decade. Yeah, Every image character in, is going to be in issue 60. I can't say I'm that interested in that. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Even Jack Staff and Madman, that's awesome. And Pitt. I didn't even know Pitt was back. <laughs> so anyway, action comics. <laughs> I don't know who any of those people are. I didn't... Yeah. It's all of a sudden Kirkman's like image fanboy is going to come out and I'm going to be completely lost. It was just one issue. Yeah, that's true. Action Comics 873, the wrap-up of the new Krypton mini event, whatever it was. And I thought it ended suitably big. It, it was, not it was ended, a great ending. Great ending. Yeah. Um, it, it's funny because we the, the start of New Krypton was all these Kryptonians being freed and they come to Earth and they, they have a, there's a city on Earth that's now Kryptonian so you think that's New Krypton but in the end shows actually no there's that that's not what New Krypton means at all and that was a shocking ending actually I thought it was good because it let this story keep going and it sort of shed some light on what's going to happen with all the sort of Superman hints that they the, the, you know like well Superman's not going to be on Earth and so-and-so is going to be there. But at the same time, it's not going on on Earth. So the whole time you're thinking of all the other DCU books, you don't have to think, what about these 100,000 Kryptonians? Because that right. would make an impact all the other stories that are going on. So that's good. They, they sort of excommunicated themselves, I suppose. So um, what happens is, is the, there's a big fight with the JLA, the JSA, and the Kryptonians, and the, the magic people. And the magic people take out, what, like 10,000 of them? 10,000. 10,000 10, of them. That's still a lot left, so... The Kryptonians leave Earth. They, they take their city and they make a new planet. So there's a new Krypton, mm-hmm. which is where Superman's going to be next year. Now, this hooded lady, we don't know Super- who she is, right? I don't know who's under the hood. She's Superwoman. Okay. okay. She killed Agent Liberty. Killed and, him good. Um, yeah, she, I've seen two, two heat vision to the forehead. Yeah. Two smoking It holes. was very exciting, I thought. It was a very nice wrap-up. And it's, it's nice because it wrapped this story up, but it also laid out so much for next year. That's going to be really yeah. interesting to explore. Nightwing and Flamebird being on Earth, which is going to be the action book. And, and then the new Krypton planet all the way on the other side of the sun. So that's, that you, can never see, you could never see it. Right, which I like. Yeah. Because you can sort of ignore it, but you can kind of not. Because it's there, but it's, it's hidden. Now, Rucka's on the action book, right? Yeah. Wow. Weird. All right. Well... Boy, you almost couldn't find any other way to get me to read that, but they did. So, <laughs> they so pulled good work. You, they pulled you in. <laughs> it ended well. Cool. All right, cool. So now we just want to take a moment to tell you about uh, Afro Samurai: The Resurrection and our friends from Funimation. They uh, they sent an ad, so uh, we're gonna play it. It starts off kind of exciting. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson returns in the sequel to the best-selling anime of 2007, Afro Samurai Resurrection. Afro Samurai avenged his father and found a life of peace, but a beautiful and deadly woman is forcing him back into the game. Starring Samuel L. Jackson and Lucy Liu, with new beats from the RZA featuring two hours of extras. Get the Blu-ray and DVD on February 3rd. Afro Samurai Resurrection. One brother, one path, 1,000 deaths. Visit afrosamurai.com for more details. So don't forget to go to afrosamurai.com to check out more about Afro Samurai Resurrection with Samuel Jackson, Lucy Liu, and the new beats from the RZA. <laughs> Do you know what that means? No. It's coming out on, um, <laughs> on Blu-ray DVD on February 3rd. So definitely check that out. All right. On to more comics. Uh, Captain Britain uh, and the MI-13, number nine, from Paul Carnell and Leonard Kirk. This is my least favorite story of the whole run, but my favorite ending. <laughs> That's a very good, accurate assessment, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little mad because the cover was a little deceiving. I, I, I had high hopes for a Captain Britain-Megan reunion, and, and it got teased. So. It, no, but the whole thing was about the, the heart's desire. Right, I know, I know, but at the, but at the very, very end, you see that actually Megan is alive, and she's stuck in a dimension. I know, so, isn't that heartbreaking for you? It's such yeah, a good, it really is, yeah. That's the whole point of the cover. I know, but I want them to be together. <laughs> so, so why did you like the ending, Connor? Oh, because Dracula going to team up with Doctor Doom. Yeah, that That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> I like how this has become a vampire book. Yes. Like, that, I didn't expect that. No. This occurred to me, and I know that I'm really slow. This is just an Excalibur book, isn't it? No. No, no. It isn't? Not at all. This is nothing like Excalibur. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, not at all. This is, this is like a, is there an Excalibur book right now? No, there hasn't been an Excalibur book for years. Oh. And I cry myself to sleep every night. The, no, the, oh. this, is, this is very much a, this is, I mean, I don't know what this is, to be honest with you. This is not an Excalibur book. Excalibur, okay. tied, Excalibur tied into the X-Men pretty, really pretty closely and stuff like that. And, you know, all the dimensional kind of the magicery stuff like that is totally different. You know, Excalibur touched on that briefly, but not as deep as it, this is. 
I love it when wisdom kicks ass, though. I felt like this story was really it was too con- convoluted, but yeah. there were good moments in it, and I thought this issue itself was pretty good in terms of that story. And I thought the ending was really strong, with not just with Dracula asking for Doctor Doom, but also with the Megan ending. But I wasn't really into this particular arc as much as I was the last two. But yeah. I still it's really not your kind of thing. Totally, this was a very. Uh, it's, it was almost like a Sandman-y sort of vertigo demon sort of type of thing. From re- like this felt like a, a Hellblazer or an issue of Lucifer. Not 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 like it did, but the sort of concepts, yeah. the demon who has the name and his power, and like that's that's the kind of stuff that you see in those kind of books a lot. So yeah, I could see why that's not necessarily your, your deal. Except I really liked Hellblazer, I really liked Sandman. I thought it was just structure-wise, it was kind of convoluted. All right, good enough. BBRD, the Black Goddess, number one, uh, the next in the line of BBRD minis that sort of make up the larger story. Now, I just jumped in to BBRD at a certain point, and I know that there's a big backstory that happened behind it. This was probably my pick of the week again, which is good since I didn't have uh, since I did Hellboy last week and didn't have it this week. It was just a fun book, and it was like flashbacks to a guy in a retirement home who was in Lobster Johnson's crew, and he's sort of telling him about you know chasing this guy who they've been chasing forever, and they you know he's he'd be 106 or 101 years old right now, and it's just a fun book. Whereas Hellboy is so ethereal and sort of odd, and you kind of have to wonder like. Like, well, wait, what's happening here? And you have to think about it and sort of pay attention. This is much more straightforward, but still, still existing in that same universe. And, you know, for all that time that you hear people talk about how they really like a character like Ape Sapien, or they really like a, a character like Johan, like, you can see why in here, because they're really well characterized. And just a good book. I, I really, really dug this one. I've been going back and reading the uh, trades. I read the first two BPRDs. They're much more action adventure Oh, yeah. It's, it's much more straightforward, which is funny because yeah. I was almost... I'm like, wow, this really is Mike Mignola also, but just working in a different genre. Totally, totally. Good stuff. And then the other one that I wanted to talk about was Fables number 80. Basically, the thing about this is, at issue 75, the, the war ended, and that was sort of the... It was like originally supposed to be the end of the book, but Willingham decided to keep going. Um, by the way, I'm going to talk about Willingham, but not hate him uh, for what he thinks or said. So we're just going to talk <laughs> about the work. That's going to be that's the thing I decided. And something really, really huge happened in this. I assume you guys don't care too much. So, Fable Town uh, got completely and totally destroyed. It's gone. And so this is a place where they were all living in the real world. And so. Clearly, everything will have to change a great deal because there's all of these things set up and these these rules that you know they had to go by. But you always had these sort of structures, and now he's he's working without a net. He's got nothing because there's some other giant big threat coming in. And it was it was really cool. It was fun, and and some of the layouts in this I thought were really really impressive. Buckingham is challenging himself a lot in sort of doing the storytelling, but it's really good. So uh, this book keeps going, and it's still very good regardless of what you thought of uh, Willingham's thing, his screed that we talked about on the site. So yeah, so uh, a bunch of other books came out this week, and if you go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, you can pick the books that you are buying, and you can rate them, and you can write a review after you read them, and we want to take some time to highlight some of the reviews of you, the users. YYZ Kyle? Is that right? Yes, it is. All right. G.I. Joe number one, you give a story of 5 out of 5, and the art of 5 out of 5, and 0.76% of the iFan base made it their pick of the week. For the weekend, he says, everyone on this project from Le- Joe, Legend, Larry Hammer to the guy cleaning the toilets at IDW should be proud of the product they put out this month. I pray that this is the beginning of a trend that this franchise will start to garner some much-needed recognition and support in the wide world of comic books. So this is the new, the new G.I. Joe relaunch from IDW. Used to be a Devil's Doom before that it was at Marvel. And it was pretty good. I bought it because I'm a G.I. Joe sucker. Yeah, and, I, didn't, uh, I didn't pick it up, and I, I wanted to hear what you thought of it before I did. It's pretty solid. I, I gave it a three-star rating on my fanboy mostly because i didn't i'm not really a big fan of the art it's very sort of not i don't i want to say indie publisher art but very sort of not top level art you know somebody who's just clearly clear, not, someone's clearly is still learning comic book art and it's it's not bad it's just it's, it was okay yeah a little too cartoony for my tastes but i was reading the book and, and it's it's good it's, an, it's a relaunch they're treating gha more seriously it's chuck dixon writing and i mean it's not at all tied to the old continuity like the, the devil's do books for trying to slave to the marvel books but reading it i was trying to put my finger on what was missing from this book and i think it's that what larry hammer did on the first gha joe series was a miracle in that he took this toy property and made it a good comic because he infused so much of this vietnam angst into it yep and the specter of Vietnam hung over that book for years. It made it much deeper and much more dark than you'd think it would, would need to be. And that's just not here because it's taking place now. So there's this whole missing element to it that made G.I. Joe so special in the first place. And now do you, do you think that there's a fear? Because like, really they could, they could focus G.I. Joe and make Cobra a Arab 
you know, like a you know Middle Eastern kind of organization and, and refocus that? Do you think it's just a different time? It's a different period? It wouldn't work? That would, that would be a horrible idea. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of agree, but I was curious what Connor thought. First of all, we haven't even seen Cobra yet, so we don't even know what they are about. We, they could be. I mean, it's not going to be that way, but I don't know. I mean, they, I think Vietnam is so specific. You couldn't even make an allegory to Iraq or any other war. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the problems and the and the, and the, the psyche, because mostly it has to do with the draft and all, and all the stuff. Yeah. It's just so so different than what it is now, and that's just so important to the first G.I. Joe series. And it's not here because it can't be here, and it's just a different feel. It's much more straight up action adventure than it is war here, but it's fun and it's interesting, and they. I just, I don't know. I didn't love the art. There's just some dramatic element missing, but it was fun, and I'm going to keep reading it. It was, it was a fun issue, but just slightly something missing from it. Well, it's funny, because I feel like they keep trying, like, like G.I. Joe was a perfect storm at the time that it happened. I feel like people keep trying to reinvent it and recapture something that maybe Can't be. isn't necessarily there to be captured. Yeah, you can never you know? go home again. I don't know, but Chuck Dixon does it. He's a, he's a guy to write it. He does a good job with all the military stuff and all the, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very authentic in that sense, or it seems to be anyway from someone who doesn't know anything about it, but Perhaps um, if you put Tim Drake in it. <laughs> I want a grittier artist on it. I want somebody a little less cartoony. It sort of takes away from the, the grittiness of it when it's, when it's sort of cartoonish art. Yeah. All right, so our next book is from uh, reviews from Robbie Dizwarnar. And he wrote about Nightwing number 152, which he gave the story a 2 and out of 5 and an art a 3 out of 5. I mean, less than 1% made it their pick this week. And Robbie says, well, there isn't too much to brag about in this month's issue of Nightwing. It starts out just like the last issue of Batman I read, with Dick Grayson standing, out, standing around sobbing, either for the death of the father figure or just because he can't live up to all the hype that once was Batman. He goes on <laughs> ranting much more, for much more longer about all the problems with this issue. This issue was awesome. I gave it five stars. Dick Grayson does not open. The, he does not open the book crying. He opens the book reflecting on Batman's career by looking at all his old costumes. There's actually no tears or sobbing here. It's actually very good psychological stuff. Then, then it's all like ninja action. But really, I want to talk about was the cover treatments. All these villain covers. Yeah. That DC's doing. I really like the idea. I really like the thematic covers. Makes it really hard to shop. Yes, yeah. Because the covers themselves, the logos are all sort of washed out. Yeah. And I, I've missed, I had to go back to the rack three times for books because I missed them because I didn't see the logos. Yeah. Which was... So, so you, you loved the last issue of Nightwing and you said that you didn't know how they could close it because this is the last one, I assume. No, there's uh-huh. one more, one more, right? No? There was two more at that point. Oh. Yeah, yeah. next, yeah. Then there's one more after this, yeah. One, okay. two, three. Because why not fight some ninjas at the end? Like we've well, said, it, it's, all, it's Ra's al Ghul. He sends the the, the ninjas to, to get him because he wants to talk to him. Because now he, you know, he's assuming he's going to be the new guy. Yeah, it was good. It was really strong. It's just you know, it's it's hard to say. Last issue was such a good ending, but this is another strong issue because Tomasi really gets Nightwing. So it's hard to look down on it. Cool. So go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics. If you register and you sign up, you can pick your comics, write your reviews, and maybe we'll get your review on a future show and check out what are the, all the other reviews that everyone's written. A lot of good reviews written this week on Final Crisis and other books like that, so check it out there. All right, time to talk about the book of the month. First off, I, I want to apologize, everyone. The holidays stuck up on me, and so the book of the month came out this past Monday. For those who were waiting for it in the first week of January, I apologize. But the book that I chose was Empowered, Volume 4 by Adam Warren, published by Dark Horse Comics, and I think it lists for fourteen ninety nine. And if you go to ifanboy.com and click at the top of the page, Book of the Month, you can read my full review of it. But to kind of give the little, you know, kind of quick rundown of what is Empowered, Empowered is, it's really almost unlike any other comic book that I'm reading, starting off at the size. It's not a standard size of a book. I mean, you guys have seen it. You guys saw the book when I showed it to you. It's smaller than a standard comic book size, but it's bigger than a digest. So it's it, already it's unique in that regard. And what it does is it, uh, it's a story of a female superhero character named Empowered who has grown up loving superheroes and want, and superheroes are very in this in this world are very kind of public and in the forefront. They're almost like the celebrities. And she you know went to college and she studied superheroes in college and and then she somehow came into the possession of a super suit, super costume that gave her strength and gave her powers. But the problem is is that the, her powers only work when she's in the costume and the costume is incredibly flimsy. And so when she gets into a fight, invariably the costume falls apart and she loses her powers and then whatever villains then tie her up and hold her for ransom and her other superhero friends have to come save her. Um, it's a bit of a send-up on the superhero genre. The origin of the book was that Adam Warren got commissioned. And if you don't know who Adam Warren is, he did some Gen 13 stuff in the 90s and he's done a lot of American manga books. He draws a very kind of manga-influenced style. And he was commissioned to – somebody asked him to do some sketches for him at a con and he want, the, the guy requested a girl superhero. Hero, costume and tatters tied up. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was paying, and so Adam Warren f- said, fine, he did it. And as he was doing these sketches, he, he, in his own head, a character emerged of who this girl that he was drawing was. And from that, he started doing these little kind of short, you know, four or five page stories involving her. And that eventually led into the series, which has become this kind of sweeping epic. We're in the fourth volume and um, I forget how many pages. There's like 200 plus pages in each volume. And each volume is made up of, you know, short stories, four to five pages. Some are longer, some are like 20 pages. There are a bunch of small kind of chapters that all lead towards the greater story arc of this girl empowered and how she deals with, with being kind of being seen as a uh, B-list superhero. She, has, she doesn't get the respect of her, of her peers on, on the superhero team. She's on the super homies. And pretty much constantly kind of poking fun at superheroes and all the kind of, you know, the barrel-chested men and the scantily clad women and every, every kind of genre stereotype that there might be. But in doing that, Warren then has been able to do something completely unique and not only pay, poke fun at those stereotypes, but also explore relationships within them that I don't think ever have been. Like, for example, Empowered starts dating a former villain henchman. She meets him at a fight, and they kind of flirt during the fight, and he ties her up, and you can tell that there are sparks going off, and then they keep meeting each other at these fights, and they keep kind of you know talking to the point where finally he decides to no longer do villainy, and he moves in with her, and now they're like a couple, and it's, it's kind of a bit of a romance between them, and it's interesting to see the different perspective of somebody who worked as a henchman for villains and a superhero kind of making a relationship work. So there are just little things like that that have made this book that, w- that started off as a one-note joke into a really complex, unique story that, like I said, is nothing like I'm reading out, uh, reading right now. Would one be able, I mean, I assume you can't start with volume four. Oh, you absolutely can, because what's great about him okay. is that it, it, each book starts with like a three-page, break-the-fourth-wall recap where Empowered tells you what's happened and who everybody is. So like literally you could pick up volume four and read it off the shelf and not need to know anything because they tell you everything in the first four pages. Now, um, was this volume better than the others yeah, this, in a specific way? Yeah, this this volume this volume really stood out to me because you know four volumes in you know it's it's, it's you know two hundred pages per that's like what this is like page eight hundred of story that he's been doing. So, like I said, it started off as that kind of one no joke, and these relationships have evolved and grown throughout the story. This particular volume kind of really looked at Empowered's role in the superhero community, and, and there's actually a, a huge poke, poking stick at the comics industry in that there's like a superhero award ceremony, and Empowered gets nominated for Superhero Most Deserving More Recognition, which is a direct jab at the Eisners and the talent worthy of wider recognition. Which oh, was, are yeah. there no sacred cows? <laughs> oh, this man. Sorry. <laughs> But in doing that, he, you know, again, really kind of played with the idea of superheroes and that kind of that, that whole kind of world that was a little different. But at the same time, developments happened with Empowered's um, best friend, who's this ninja girl, and, and she kind of got her ass kicked in Volume 3 and kind of dealing with the, with the ramifications of that. And she moves in with Empowered and her boyfriend, and there's a lot of, a lot of sexual tension. It took the, like I said, took what was a very simple character situations and stories, and now it's getting complex and it's getting really interesting to read. So I was impressed by that. And like, like there was one vignette, there was one short story where her boyfriend is out with one of his former henchman friends and he's frankly talking about his relationship with her and the sex. It's very – also it's, it's all, this is only for adults. It's for mature audiences only. A lot of – there's cursing and there's, there's nudity and there's sex and stuff like that. But a very frank discussion between two friends about what it's like to date her – and while, you know, it's this, you know, the, the bizarreness of the superhero world, but it's was just like a conversation that any two normal friends would have about, you know, date, you know, about the girl he's dating and stuff like that. It was very kind of somewhat heartfelt and somewhat real. It, it just it just it's such a unique book. And I had never heard of it until a few months ago. And I read the first volume and I, you know, ran out and got volume two, and volume three as quickly as I could. And I was waiting for volume four. And so it just totally delivered. When did it come out? Uh, it came out in, I think. October or November, I think. You can still get it, and actually Instock Trades should have it, and Amazon has it, and your comic stores have it. And what's cool is that it's 200 pages, you know, 15 bucks, so it's more than just, you know, an issue. You know, it's kind of more of the Scott Pilgrim kind of style of books or the, those kind of, you know, ongoing original graphic novels kind of things. So you get more for your buck. It, it definitely, you know, you take a longer time to read it and enjoy it, but it is an ongoing story. It's not just the one, you know, a standalone you know, book. How often do they come out? And that's the one thing is I don't really have a c- clue as to what the frequency is. I, I think it's a Scott Pilgrim-esque waiting period now. I don't know when the next one is. is I, I apologize if we sound like we're, we're both like, well, what about this? It sounds yeah. like an interrogation box of some kind. Is it good? Yeah. Why? <laughs> if you want to laugh at superheroes and you like a little, you know, kind of saucy R-rated kind of humor and you want something that's not completely, that's somewhat intelligent, not completely stupid, definitely check out Empowered. And you can get that, as Ron mentioned, you can get it at In Stock Trades, where they have up to 37% off with free shipping and orders over $50. 
and over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock, including Empowered Volume 4. They got new li- releases listed every Wednesday, and you can get your order shipped within 48 hours of making your purchase, usually. And you can get that all at www.instocktrades.com. Yes. We have email, and Jonathan writes in and says, I'm going to try not to make it sound like this, but okay, so what's the deal? <laughs> I went to three comic shops in town, and none of them had the Obama variant cover of Amazing Spider-Man. One said they were expecting them, but got zero of, and the two others said they had to order so many of, of a separate, unrelated title in order to get a small number of them. What do you know about this? What do we know about it? I so, don't know anything about so this. So for those who don't know, there, there was a backup story in this week's Amazing Spider-Man that involved Spider-Man and Obama teaming up to defeat the chameleon. And there was a variant cover drawn by Phil Jimenez that featured Obama kind of giving the thumbs up and Spider-Man in the background. And I don't know what the frequency of the variants were, but it was very, very rare. And I know my store only got five, and they were gone within the first half hour of when they opened. And it was, you know, it was a cool thing to tie in with the inauguration, but Marvel chose to do it in the exclusive limited run variant cover style, and that kind of ruined it for a lot of people. The entire, not even the variants, they, they all sold out. Yeah. Everything yeah. sold out. Yeah. I didn't even get this issue, this week's issue because by the time I woke up on Wednesday, the entire city of New York had sold out of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, totally. I went to every. I went to a bunch. I went to a bunch of stores, and every store said, "Come back next week for the uh, reprint." Yeah. yeah. They, they all so sold they out of every this. copy. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it got it got a ton like, of press on Wednesday. I mean, it got a ton of press. I know. So, yeah. If they know that the next week there's going to be more, I mean, it was it's plan. It's like the Wii. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, totally. Just, they, they they created demand. Yeah. So, I mean, you can go to eBay and you can buy – I've seen it sold for 50 bucks an issue or whatever. I, I mean, I wouldn't if I were you. I'm just waiting for the yeah. reprint. Yeah, wait for the week. reprint. The cover's nice. You can look at it online, but you don't need it unless you want to collect it and sell it. That's your prerogative. And in a year, it's not going to be worth what you paid. Yeah. Slab it quick. That's the big secret. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny to go to every store and see empty shelves of Spider-Man. But. That is amazing though. I, can't, I, I literally can't believe that. You know what I mean? Well, I can I guess literally was the it was big story. stores too. Like I went to Big Jim Henley's Universe and Midtown yeah. Comics. And every, they were all, you know, everybody didn't have it. I didn't even mm-hmm. care. I didn't want. The, I didn't want the variant. I just wanted to get the issue. Hey, I, I, I thought the John Romita cover senior was way better than the. Jimenez yeah, well, the, cover. they were both good covers, yeah. and I, I know John Romita senior is great. And it's a da- it's one of those standalone date issues which I love. So I was really yeah. excited for that. And I was yeah. just like, oh, I'll get it next week. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com if you have any similar questions or anything you want to know about. So contact at ifanboy.com. And also, how about Netflix? If you go to www.netflix.com slash iFanboy, you can get a free two-week trial. And why would you want to do that? Because it's a damn fine place to get movies. There's over 100,000 titles. There's free Blu-ray if you have a PS3. There's streaming to your Xbox Live if you have an Xbox. There's streaming to your computer. They do Mac and PC now. Free shipping both ways. Usually within one day, you'll get, you'll get the movie. It's good. I use it a lot. That's all. Man, I, I watched Righteous Kill last night. Was it bad? How did that movie happen? I just, wow! Really, it should have been impossible with the cast they had. It's as if they just said, "Listen, De Niro's in it," and Al went, "Okay." And then they said the same thing, but none of them ever read the script. And Brian Dennehy and like John Leguizamo, and it, um, it was just—it was no, no, it wasn't even—it was just completely and totally average in every possible way, uh, which is almost uh, worse than bad. Yeah. Yes, the Brett Ratner effect. Uh, I just got shoot 'em up. I'm very excited for that. That came highly recommended. I watched Burn after reading. Uh, how was that? I loved it. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was really good. I liked that a lot. I, it took, took about 40 minutes before I was like, yeah. what the hell am I watching? And then at the end, like it ended, and I was like, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen, which is a Coen Brothers thing. <laughs> yeah. Which you just watch, like, what the, what the hell am I watching? And yeah. then you go, J.K. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right, anyway, so moving on. So on to the voicemail. The first voicemail comes on the heels of Jeff Johns' changes of titles that he's working on. That was an awful intro. <laughs> <laughs> guys this is lauren um i was just wondering since jeff johns was so amazing last year but he's leaving all my favorite books should i drop them or keep reading them what are you guys doing thank you yeah so jeff johns is leaving justice society is he what, what else is he leaving Action comics. Action comics. He's staying on Green Lantern, and then he's going to take a. He's starting the Flash comic. This is the classic. You know, do you buy a title for the creator or for the title? You know, I tend to. I'm probably going to stick with Justice Society. I don't read action comics, so that's easy for You'd me. You'd be un-American if you didn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of, of being called out at a congressional hearing for not reading it. <laughs> 
uh, I mean, typically, uh, you know, I read a title not not only for the creator, but because I like the characters. And you know, like Iron Fist is a great example that Fraction and Brubaker and Aha left. And remember, we're like, oh, screw that, we're not going to stay. And now Josh and I still read the title. It's somewhat different in this case because Jeff Johns is leaving action, but he's going to another Superman book. So it's not like he's really leaving the character. Right. It's that the action comics is not even going to be about Superman anymore. It's going to be about Nightwing and Flamebird. So it's really like the book is changing, and Johns is moving to a different Superman book. So he's not really leaving Superman. It's, it's just it's like a new title. Really? So you have to decide if you want to read that new title. And well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a mini, it's a twelve issue miniseries. So, right. it, but it's not like he's leaving Superman. He's he's doing Superman in a different book. Whereas the book that used to be about Superman is going to be about two different characters, which is what Action Comics has done before in the past. So it's not totally like he's leaving. He's yeah, he's totally leaving JSA, which sucks. But I'm going to continue reading both. Yeah. I mean, the the guys who are on it, you know, if you like the stuff they've done before, uh, you know, Bill Willingham's got a pretty good track record. Not necessarily so much in the DCU. Um, actually, yeah, at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and Matthew Sturgis is making a name for himself on those books over there, and I liked talking to him. No, but when I heard that they were the team, I thought, hey, I'll stick with that. Where originally, when when Fraction and Brubaker left uh, Iron Fist, I didn't know who Dwayne Zerzinski was, but I'm glad I I hung around. I'm glad I read that. So, right. roll with it. Yeah, roll. With I mean, unless shot. it's somebody you don't like coming onto the book, you know. Yeah. But also, if you've got no interest in Nightwing and Flamebird, the Kryptonian yeah. characters, you probably shouldn't read Action. Well, right, I don't, but I like Greg Rucka, so that's why. Right, I'm well, that, that's the thing. If you don't like Greg Rucka, you don't like the, you know, then there's no reason to hang around. Hang around, but yeah, I'm gonna give You're that right one right. a shot. I like Rucka. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of Jeff Johns, his Smallville was excellent this week. Oh, I gotta watch it. He wrote Smallville this week, and it was amazing. His work translates totally to the screen, which is which is odd. Except when it's Blade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on to next voicemail about an upcoming convention. Hey, I find boy, it's Sam from New York. I'm calling to ask you guys about the New York Comic Con. This will be my first American Comic Con. I've been to the Toronto one a few times. I just wanted to know which uh, which events or panels you think you recommend to go see while I'm there. Thanks. It's hard because New York Comic Con is coming out. We don't really know what's happening because we spend most of our time getting interviews, so we don't really even go to panels or events because we just, that's unfortunately the nature of our job. But if you want to go to the New York Comic Con website, which I believe is... Uh, nycomiccon.com I think yeah you go to google type in New York Comic Con you'll find it there'll be a listing of all the events and you can see who you want to hear talk and that's always a good thing to hear the creators talk but the big event you're going to want to not miss is the uh, fanboy party which we're still working on the details but we'll have soon so which we, will probably be Saturday night but. so we will be there if you're going to New York Comic Con yeah. you you'll probably see us I, here's my here's my one tip if you like Battlestar Galactica and if they're having a Battlestar Galactica panel you should go to that yeah that's always fun at New York Comic Con because yeah. they've been good in the past I don't even know if they are, though. I'm, un- I'm uninformed. All there right. it is. Our last voicemail has got a question for Josh. Really? Hey, um, this is Saeed from New York. Um, I wanted to know, um, it's been like, I think, six months since Pretty Baby Machine came out. Do you know once the next issue is coming up? Um, thank you. That is an excellent, excellent question. Unfortunately, I don't know about their printing schedule. Here's the thing. It's been... Oh, almost a year? No. And I know it got optioned for, well, it was in like it, May or something. It was, yeah, we were in Seattle. It was the Emerald City yeah, Comic Con weekend, so, so it was May. It was mid-May. They got optioned for a movie in July, Yep. and then I never heard from it again. I gave up on that one. This is, these, are, these are some of the perils of, of you know, indie books, is that sometimes you don't see what comes up. And it, you know, it's a pain. It sucks. I would say go to the website the, of the creators and find some contact information for them. It's uh, Clark Westerman and, Cody, and Chamberlain. Cody, Cody Chamberlain. Cody Chamberlain is on Twitter. I know that. Or, you know? or email Image Comics. Go to ImageComics.com yeah. and ask them when it's coming out. Let them, let them know that you, you want it, that, you, you, that you're looking forward to it. You know? I don't uh, think it's ever coming out. No, I don't either. I'd give up and find another book. Yeah. <laughs> um, Which is, this, is, this is, reinforces my trade-only indie plan. Yeah, it sucks. You, yeah. You, yeah. I, I bought this first issue after Josh did the pick of the week against my better judgment, and I liked it. And now it's, you know, I'm never going to see it again. It'd be better to just have not read it. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. That's well, because you get the first chapter of a story. You never get the end. Yeah. And that's better to, it's, for me, it's better to not have read the first chapter because I'd want to know the end, and I'd rather not have known what I'm missing. Turns out aliens landed. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> so if, if you... you, if, if you <laughs> <laughs> have voicemail that you want to leave for us you can do that at 888-FANBOYS which is 326-2697 try to keep it relatively short 30 seconds or so and make sure you say your name and where you're from okay Ooh. so Josh you got a special announcement we have a couple of sort of content one's contest one's sort of a, th- a thing you can do uh, in regarding with the Coraline movie Coraline is the, the new 
animated feature coming out uh, based on the Neil Gaiman uh, book. And this one, first one here, is for the members, iFanboy members only. This is the first thing we've done for them. There is going to be a giveaway. There's going to be six prize packs that we're going to randomly pick from the basically the members that we have um, so far. But if you sign up to do your membership in the next two weeks, you can be eligible too. And the, the movie is Coraline. It's from the guy who directed The Nightmare Before Christmas based on Neil Gaiman's book. That's going to be out on February 6th. You can go to www.coraline.com for that. The three grand prize packs are Coraline Video Games, which either for the Wii or the PS2, Coraline Book, a button key, a prize pack, which is a t-shirt and a tie-in book, a button set, all this stuff. And then there's three runner-up packs, which you're going to get the movie tie-in book, the button set, the pen, the t-shirt, all that stuff. So you get that. We're going to pick the, the people from the members only, so you'll get that. There'll be a link on the show notes here where you can see more about the movie if you want to do that. And then the second thing, this is for everybody, is Audible.com has a free Neil Gaiman audiobook story, free short story from HarperCollins available, and uh, there'll be a link for that on the show notes as well. All you need to do is go there and, and you give them your name and your, your email address. You don't need a credit card. You don't need to sign up for audible.com. So you just go to the link that we're going to have on the show notes and uh, you can do that. You can download the content to your, your computer or your iPod or your you know any of the other compatible devices. It pretty much goes on anything. So, so if, if you're a Neil Gaiman fan, this is your week or, ne- or next yes, two weeks. Yes, it clearly so is. In, um, so in two weeks, we're going to pick people. So sign up. If, if you're interested and you're not a member yet, sign up for the next two weeks and we'll be picking the, the winners of that contest. So yeah, yes, we, get on that. We, yeah, so you want to sign up by January 29th. Nice. And we will announce the winner on February 1st. So if you want to win that great Coraline prize pack or anything, or if you want to be uh, signed up to win some of the uh, future giveaways we're going to have for our members, which you know we've been working on a couple and, and it's going to be pretty cool, head over to ifanboy.com and click to register for the site and to become and then subscribe to sign up for a membership. Go to store.ifanboy.com or ifanboy.com slash store. They both work. And that's where you can sign up. We've got a couple different levels of membership. You can sign up for $4 a month or $40, $42 a year or $10 a month or $100 a year. And for folks who sign up at the $4 or $42 a month, $42 a year level, you get a cool membership kit that includes uh, stickers and buttons, and we're going to send you a free comic book. We don't know what it's going to be. You don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a comic book. If you sign up for the $10 a month or $100 a year, you get the buttons, you get the stickers, you get the comic book, and you're going to get a special iFanboy members t-shirt, which the design is going to be coming out very shortly. And for those of you who've signed up already, be patient. The membership packs are going to be shipping soon. We thank everybody who signed up. But... Again, we've got to remind everybody that we produce ifanboy.com for free on a, on a daily basis for you all, and it costs money. And we're very thankful for everybody who signed up for the membership so far, but not everyone has signed up. Not that we're expecting everyone to, but we still need more folks to, to sign up for memberships um, in order to secure that we will be around for a long time. We have a goal. We're not even halfway to the goal. Yeah. Not to be vague, but we're a little vague. But we definitely, you know, like everybody's. Well, it's it's over. It's not. We still need more help. Yeah, um, and it's ongoing. And and we like I said, we thank everybody who signed up already. There are hundreds of people who signed up already. But like Josh said, we're we're not quite at the halfway point of our goal. This is you know kind of you know similar to a, you know PBS or NPR membership drive. We have no tote bag. <laughs> so if you're but, think- but again, you know, it's the cost. It's the cost of one bad comic book a month. Exactly. So if you're thinking about it, please sign up. And and even you know at the the $4 a month, that, that makes a difference. So if you're thinking about it, please just go head over to ifanboy.com forward slash store and sign up. And we're going to be doing really cool stuff for the members throughout the rest of the year. I know our next giveaway actually is, is I'm actually kind of jealous of because I want it. So um, uh, We'll sign up for a membership then, Ron. Yeah, I, I, I just may. <laughs> you, you are not eligible. All right, stop bludgeoning these poor people. Yes. If you go to ifanboy.com, after you've signed up for your membership, you can read Ron's Pick of the Week review of uh, – so, what was that book? I Kill Giants. Giants. <laughs> it's been a long – long hour or so and then you can also look over to the right of that and you can read ron's book of the month review of empowered volume four so it was a double ron shot for you this week and, <laughs> and you, you you're the one that made that dirty and you did it last week and now you're doing it again this week and i'm taking no responsibility for what happens for the rest of the show and while you're there you can read all the great uh, weekly content from all of our great writers and all the discussion stuff we did the live blog of smallville we did it about Battlestar Galactica Lost is coming up this week we can do it for Lost it's going to be fun fun stuff so check it out at ifanboy.com speaking of dirty no not really the video show comes out every Wednesday we are back on track uh, now we took one week off or you can go to revision3.com slash ifanboy to look at the vast video archive library that we have amassed there this past week we talked about Secret Invasion uh, afterwards we, we went back looked at the looked at the charred husk and thought what about that and this next week we are talking about all of the fine books you can find from Oni Press so that will be out this Wednesday afternoon 
Please enjoy. I fanboy t-shirts and stickers are available at revision3.com slash store. The stickers are uh, the logo on blue, like the website, and the, the shirts are the blue intern shirts, which there are only a few left. I actually went and looked to buy one for somebody as a gift, and it was only one vol- one left of the size I wanted. Which I got They're the running out. One. They're running out. So hurry up and do that, and after that, there may be some more shirts. There will be more. And you can email us at contactifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys three two six two six nine seven. Any questions or comments or anything, make sure you sign your name, tell us where you're from, and voicemails, please keep them to 30 seconds. You can go to ifanboy.com slash about, and you can friend us in the various ways that one would want to do that by Facebook or MySpace or Comicspace or uh, Twitter. Twitter, there's been a, a flurry of activities. Uh, Neil Gaiman can't stop Twittering. You can go there and, and see all those things. And finally, you can write a review on iTunes for this show, for the video show. We'd like to have reviews, plus they help people find the shows when they're searching for stuff to listen to and watch. So that would be big help. Go to iTunes, leave a review. Even better than that is to tell your friends, tell your comic book store people, tell your mom, tell your weird uncle, the one who gets a little handsy with you. Tell him. You might like comics. Tell everyone. Tell your mom. Tell everyone. Tell your mom. Yes. So. Moms like us. Moms they do. Like moms, us. moms are pro-I fanboy. Not even just our moms, other people's moms. No, my mom's anti-fanboy. Oh. She said ever since I hooked up with you two losers. <laughs> downhill from here. <laughs> downhill from there. All right, so until next Look week. Look at you now. Until next week, I'm Ron. There's a weird smell in this room. I don't know what it is. I, right, my that, mom would call me. that. We're still recording, Connor. In the middle of the show, I noticed it. I was like, what is that smell? And I just kept looking around the room for the whole show, but I don't know what it's, it is. I'm I mean, Connor. It's you. It's you. Yeah, You're the, that's my mom was right about you. Oh, I know what it is. Are you going to tell us? So I, my gym clothes are in the corner. I didn't want to throw them into the laundry basket. Ooh. All right, I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. <laughs> Ron, Connor, Josh. Goodbye. Dead weight, all right. I know you're no good for me. Dead weight, all right. I know you're no righteous leader. Dead weight, all right. That's fine. But get your hands off me. You have to touch me with kid gloves. You have to touch me